everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. I'm your host Mary Kay and I've got a fantastic panel this morning. A big good morning to Alicia Quirk, superstar of Australia's Rugby Sevens team. Good morning Alicia. Morning, thank you for having me on. No, thank you for coming. I know you've got a plane to catch this afternoon so we really really appreciate your time. Thank you. No, that's fine. Yeah, looking forward to getting away to France. Fantastic. (laughs) And Shannon Byrne from ABC Grandstand, good morning. Very good morning, Mary. Thank you also for joining me. I know you've got a show this morning, so thank you. Great to be here and to be on the other side of the desk for once. I know, I know. Let me take control this morning. You can just chime in whenever you like. And finally, sports journalist Sarah Leach, good morning. Good morning again. Thank you for having me. No, that's okay. Thank you for coming in. I know you got a little bit lost, but that's okay. I got lost (laughs) the first time I came to the studio as well. Yes, well, Google Maps wasn't my friend. <laughs> well, all three of us got yeah. lost, so I just want to, I just oh, want to maybe just mention Sarah. I clicked on the email link. And, so did I. Okay, so okay, all so three, Mary's fault. It's, it's I, my fault. I, I, Mary. I don't want to be, you know, but it's all three it's of us fault. did the same thing and that's where we ended up. Yeah, look, let's just blame Mary and then we'll get on with the show. I've got a copy of the Daily Telegraph this morning and I'm a little bit confused because usually I flick the paper, I turn it over to go straight to the sports news. But it's on the front page this morning. Shannon, what do you think of the front page of the paper this morning? Well, very interesting. Like you say, it seems that the front and back again is dominated by sports. Uh, I'd probably think there's a couple of bigger issues happening in the world um, that maybe could have uh, made the front page. But um, yes, the small article, well, it starts really with Kieran Foran, but there is a huge, huge, huge ad uh, for a free beverage, alcoholic beverage on there. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't know. I would have thought there was some bigger things happening in the world than um, maybe getting a free alcoholic mm. beverage and maybe what has happened to Kieran Foran, but that's just me. Well, yeah. look, with the with the Origin ad, I mean, the ad is for a free beer today to support the VB Blues, and there are two women and two men enjoying a beer on the front page. I would have rathered an Aaron Woods microfigure instead of a free beer. Well, but there is Aaron Woods' blow up in the corner. <laughs> that also so, belongs to me. Blo- yeah, right. Wow. So it probably does highlight how much you do admire him. But wow. – um. Yeah, and the Kieran Foran story. Yeah, but, Ki- but Aaron Woods isn't isn't funding the the uh, no, yeah. Wales Blues. Just to be fair, no, it's true. The Coles micro figures aren't aren't sponsoring the Blues. But then the other story is on Kieran Foran, and I just don't think it's front page news. Well, it sells papers. I mean, I kind of think coming from you know being involved in newspapers as well, a lot of people will go for that. So, um, what the beer or the story? <laughs> Combination, probably both. Um, so the front page of the paper, I think, really uh, determines how they're going to sell papers. And Kieran Foran, I mean, people will read that headline and they'll think, wow, you know, he dropped seventy five k on a gambling issue. Now, not many people will drop seventy five k. In one lot, and that's that's that, that's a huge gambling problem. And a lot of uh, the rugby league players, they do have gambling problems. Um, <laughs> let's be honest, <laughs> but not naming any names. Obviously, I, I don't know the epidemic or mm. or exactly who is involved, but it, it is an issue. And you know, I kind of think you know that raising awareness as well. Well, there's a good movie out actually at the moment called Broke. Broke. Yeah, that I saw and. Um, 
it, it kind of really is the first movie that has tackled that. You know, mm. it's about um, – it's obviously a fictional character, but it was off a, a couple of issues that um, – it was a North Sydney Bears player who was, um, yeah, a gambler on the street and he's uh, picked up by a family who used to absolutely idolise him as a player mm. and they just couldn't believe how low he had got. And um, I know that the NRL had partly funded it and um, I'm hopefully using it as part of an awareness tool now. Well, Nathan Hindmarsh, he openly came out and he said he had a gambling problem and he had to go and – get some help. Mm. He came out and that story was in the papers as well. And Nathan Highmarsh, you know, credit to him. He owned up. He took responsibility. I've got, I've got a problem. And that, you know, they, they've got free time and they spend time in pubs and they spend time with mom, members of the public and they can go and do that. They play the pokies and it becomes addictive. <laughs> and it becomes front page news. Yeah. The other two stories that I wanted to mention, Alicia, you must be excited. There's a picture of Elia Green in the paper today. Yeah, I know. It's so great to be able to open the page, a couple of pages in, couple, but yeah. to be able to see, um, you know, one of my really good friends, one of my teammates, I'm um, getting some really good exposure for our team in there. And hopefully one day it might be front page news, but for all the right reasons. I hope so, hope so, and I hope it's not far away. And the yeah. final story is that Raylene Castle has signed a new contract with the Canterbury Bulldogs until the end of 2018. I'm delighted with that news. Raylene Castle is a fantastic ambassador for the game and a great administrator. Forget that she's female. She's just really good at her job. Yeah, she's fantastic. And she, she came from New Zealand Netball, That's yes. That's right. Yeah, so she started in New Zealand Netball and I actually heard her speak last late last year at a Women in Sport event and she said, you know, she was up against a few people for that role and when they spoke to Des Hasler, you know, what do you think, Des? And Des was like, you need to pick the person that's the right person for the role. And she was, you know, regardless of gender. And uh, good honour and she's a great advocate for women in sport. And the little connection, she's from Wagga Wagga. Yeah. Quirky. So, which is exciting and it is inspiring to see that um, women can have those like high roles um, within those male-dominated facilities. And if someone like myself who is interested in administration and organisation and business too, it could be something. I could be the CEO of the AOU one day. I'm like, the same thing. You, you go into <laughs> netball administration yeah. and you can run the NRL. Just do whatever. We've yeah. got big dreams in the studio this morning. I love it. We'll wrap it up there and come back and talk some NRL. And it's been a sorry start for me to the rugby league action this week. I'm currently sitting none from two on my tips and I've also tipped the Knights this afternoon. So if the Knights don't get up, I'll be sitting none from three. So send me a tweet at about five o'clock and I'll confirm that I'm none from three. Because <laughs> you won't reply. Yeah. <laughs> I won't reply, I'll be out of action. Um, but let's start with the game last night between the Broncos and the Cowboys. Another thriller, 19-18 in favour of the Cowboys. Jonathan Thurston, again, star of the evening. Yeah, massive. <laughs> he was great. Oh, look, he's such a good player to watch. He's a remarkable athlete and he really does, um, you know, he deserves the reputation that he's got. Uh, as we were just discussing, you know, he came out and uh, he kicked that goal after he had been tackled. He mm -hmm. was down and out. He looked like he'd broken his hip. But up he got, he grabbed the ball and accurate as ever. It was, yeah, it was light work for him. He just made it look so easy. And though I, I did have a little chuckle because he was celebrating his 250th and he really did look like he's played <laughs> 250 <laughs> games. So there was a little moment I thought, gee, you know, who would have thought he's played 250? And by the end of the game, I thought, wow, oh, yeah, he yeah. really is. He should he should get first ice bath and probably <laughs> yeah. sleep in it um, overnight and they can just top up the ice. But look, yeah, I mean, 
we were going to run out of uh, things to call him um, because he was just absolutely phenomenal. And getting hit the way he does, mm-hmm. he takes it to the line, unlike other players. Um, I, we saw a couple of weeks ago what um, Adam uh, – no – um, Dylan Napper, no, who was it? Who was the rooster? Um, Smower hit Samoa. him. Yeah, he'd passed the ball and he got hit after. And, and that's a big no-no. You know, like he had relaxed his body. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to town on him, yet it didn't scare him in the next game or the next two games is to take it to the line and get absolutely crunched. There's a huge difference. But um, look, let's hope that it's not serious because I haven't seen him in that much pain for some time. But mm-hmm. just the whole team around him, I mean, Felt had a few nervous oh, moments under the I think ball. it was three knock-ons in the first 15 minutes. You know, and they, yeah. that, what, they were, they were down. Um, yeah, they, they came back. They recovered from, like it was 16, eight, 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 yeah, 18, eight six. six down. And that's phenomenal. And he guides that team. But um, look, credit, three times these guys have played. In the last three matches, one point has decided them. Yeah, it's amazing. The coach must just close his eyes to the last 20 minutes and then he can actually enjoy the game because he knows they start playing well. Oh, and the crowd loved it. You could see how much the crowd were getting behind them. And yeah, what a win. Townsville. And I think, you know, they're the two best teams in the competition at the moment, yep. the Broncos and the Cowboys. And, you know, it'll be tough to see which other team can challenge them when it comes to September if they keep playing like this. Mm. And on the Broncos side, like how exciting is the future? I mean, I saw mm. like towards the last, I don't know, seven minutes, Nick Arima came off the wing yeah. and he's so fast. He's and I just thing. thought, yeah, I just, you know, like Hunt, there's so many great, Milford, like Milford. there's just so many great young players coming through that not only would admire JT, but um, yeah, we, we're in good hands, I think, the sport. I think the future looks very, very bright for Queensland, maybe not so bright That's for New South Wales. Wow. Mm. But I also love the pictures of Jonathan Thurston and his little girl. Um, that was the most delightful image after the grand final last year, Jonathan Thurston sitting there with Frankie and just, I think, focused absolutely on each other and couldn't hear the noise happening around them and just absolutely lost in that moment. Last night I saw Jonathan Thurston with his little girl walking around the stadium and it was just it was a lovely moment, I think. Well, actually, funny enough, um, I watched uh, on the footy show, they sat down with the Mortimers and mm-hmm. the Mortimers said that they started that tradition of bringing, they were the oh. first guys to bring their kids out on a, a lap of honour um, back when they won with oh, one of the Bulldogs. That. That's and really interesting. Yeah, they said they brought their kids out because they were such, as you can see, a family. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right? So they actually started that tradition. But I think oh, admittedly, we have seen some, you know, I think there's a point of putting your child on the field and running them out to the parent because obviously we saw a very close call oh, um, uh, with, Chris you know, Huntington. yeah. So I think it needs to be monitored that yeah, they go definitely. to them and physically pick them up mm. off the fence. I'm not keen on kids running around straight after the siren because there's a lot going on mm. with me and trying to pack up. Um, but, yeah, but the the moment for those kids to walk around with their parents is pretty yeah, special. And I think the fans want to see it as well. Um, yeah. And there's been a bigger focus by the NRL to capture those moments because it makes the game accessible. And it's a family sport. A lot of the clubs have that family-orientated community. So, mm. And it's really nice to see uh, Jonathan Thurston in that light. He's a really likeable guy mm. and, you know. Best uh, laughing league. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I think so. I think so. Actually, I've interviewed him a few times and all I got was that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a likable guy and a really really funny character. And to see him with his family, you know, it's just such a different light to what we had really seen probably until that grand final moment. And then there was the other game from Thursday night where South defeated the Dragons thirty four twenty four. Shannon, I know you're a Dragons fan. I'm sorry. I can we them. edit that bit out? <laughs> yeah. Can we beep over that? <laughs> beep. <laughs> Look, 
it's just phenomenal. I mean, look, when you think where they were on the ladder, leading into it, the Dragons had got 17 tries to their name and South 37 tries. Yeah. So our attack, which is Aww. really what the game is all about. I mean, I guess for you, um, Alicia, when you play, is it about attack or defence or do you have different systems for when you're playing a different team? Um, or is it just straight out attack? Yeah, in sevens it's pretty much all about attack. But um, we always talk about the defence wins games, but our point of difference is our attack. So the mm-hmm. fact that when we've got the ball we can actually use it and um, convert points. Um, so if teams can't do that, like the Dragons, they're not going to win. <laughs> yeah, poor Gareth Widdop. I think he's struggling a little bit at the moment. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just not g- gelling well. But, I mean, look, the upside um, is Tyson Frizzell is having a standout year and should be named in the blue side. Uh, we did hold our breath, me more as a Dragons fan, um, than State of Origin for Josh Dugan and that shoulder mm. getting caught up. That was horrid. So um, I think that he's structurally okay, but then that puts the point, do you want him at fullback or in the centres with an injured sort of arm going into state of origin period? So, um, yeah, I think most of the games you're going to go in thinking, please don't get anyone mm. hurt. But what about Adam Reynolds? So mm. Outstanding. He's, he's kicking game at the moment. And phenomenal. has he played himself into an origin jersey? <clears throat> yeah, possibly. You'd say so after that performance. Yeah, on yeah absolutely. I mean, Who's I, your team, Quirky? Um, I used to go for the Storm. They Ooh. were my used to, the day. Hold on a minute. You used to. to. <laughs> yes. Continue. And then I'm just more of a floater here and okay. there. Yeah. All right. I'm with you, Alicia. Whoever wins. <laughs> Whoever wins. Whoever wins. So, you so then you're no Parramatta yeah, fan, okay. are you? I don't like Parramatta or the Dragons. <laughs> and with that, let's it's leave NRL it there. NRL is the winner. NRL is the winner on the day. We'll leave it there and come back shortly. And it's a big weekend in Rugby Sevens this weekend with our male Rugby Sevens team in London for the final leg of the World Series. Uh, so the Aussies are doing well and are currently sitting in fourth place behind Fiji, South Africa and New Zealand. But Alicia, they've been named in the pool of death for this tournament. What do you think their chances are? Um, yeah, they actually tend to do quite well against some of the tougher teams in the pool round. So they've got a bit of a different side um, this week with superstars like Ed Jenkins and Cameron Clark um, sitting out. So I think the it being the last leg and boys are, you know, looking to prove themselves for the Olympics, um, that they'll give it a red hot crack. You know, England are going to be really tough at home um, and Fiji with the all the hype around them at the moment, they're going to be hard to beat as well. So hopefully they can knock one of them off and um, get through to the quarterfinals for day two. Now, Alicia, I have to ask, there's been so much speculation this week about Jared Hayne and whether he'll be playing or whether he won't be playing. It's been announced that he will be playing. I've got to ask, if someone jet-setted in... Like me, say. Like, yeah. like say <laughs> Shannon showed up at training this afternoon and was no, like, no. Alicia... <laughs> Andy Fran, I really want to play in the in the women's team. What would your reaction be? How would you feel about that? Yeah, to be honest, I think we would all be very, very hesitant if some mm-hmm. random rocked up looking to join of our team would be like, who's this person? Like, you know, we've got our tight-knit family. We're doing really well. Mm-hmm. We want to stick with our same kind of team. Um, so it's, it's funny to see how the men's teams become so accommodating to these superstars and enable them to um, get brought in. I'm not too sure how Jared Haynes going to go. Like he's obviously a freak yep. of an athlete, but I have a couple of weeks out with an injury, and I come back and I'm absolutely blowing. Yeah, and like, and I train, yeah, train every yep. day for it. And so for someone who's never 
been exposed to that kind of thing, like his lungs are going to be dying. Because so. even Sonny Bill Williams said it was the hardest mm, transition yeah. for him playing a number of codes. But I, how do we introduce him? Do we say Jared Hayne, the former NRL, NFL player, come <laughs> well, seven? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'm going to be confused as to how we're going to introduce well, him. Well, the thing with NFL, he's actually, you know, that the way that they play the game, they have these explosive short sprints that's and that's what he's been trying to do there. Now, the, the sevens, I really think he's going to struggle with stamina. He's going to get a rude shock. Mm. And his bulk as well, like he's put on, say. he's put on a lot of weight. So he's gone from a game where he's now been trained to do these short bursts, um, you know, and he's not on the whole game for NFL. So for the Aussie Sevens, or sorry, for the Sevens game, he, I really, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how his stamina goes, his performance, and uh, he's in for perhaps a rude shock. And and you know what, no one of the, I'm not surprised Fiji are throwing him in this weekend, obviously to give him a run, but they don't have anything to lose. They basically Mm. will still take out the series, even if they come fourth. Yeah. And you haven't even thrown in the actual rules of the game too. Like it took me so long to understand what the hell was going on on the field too. So, you know, you chuck the laws of the breakdown and the rucking as well and how fast the men's game is too. So He's going to be up for a tough challenge, but I guess the freak that he is, he he may be up for it. Who knows? Because Quade Cooper couldn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're looking at athletes that are phenomenal in their own right and play the game, but just a shorter format and couldn't handle it. But I guess on that, um, money-wise too, though, for Fiji, this is going to be a huge boost for them in terms of putting them on the map and and money sponsors. So. That's you've got true. to think of the other side of a nation where um, yeah. they're phenomenal athletes, but they're probably not being paid well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think, a lot to do with money. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe it'll just look good if he sits on, you know, the reserve bench yeah. the majority of the well, game. Well, that makes sense yeah. because the Fiji the team... The camera will just go straight to him and he'll be there. So. Yeah, the Fiji team are the best in the world and they don't really need anyone else yeah. to join the team at this stage. So, Shannon, maybe, maybe that's the reason why. Oh, I'd have to be because the, you're mm. right. They're going to win it without him. I mean, mm. they had a little blip with... De- being defeated by Samoa, but yeah. um, other than that, they haven't looked unstoppable all no, season. So right. let's know, see what happens. To see how it all plays out. And Alicia, I just as well wanted to talk a little bit about Henry Hutchinson this week yeah. because he got named um, as rookie. He's in the running for the Rookie of the Year award, and it's pretty outstanding. I mean, he's 19 years old. This is the, his first season on the sevens and on tour. What's his reputation like in the group? What's he like? Tell us. Yeah, he's a pretty chilled, laid back kind yeah. of guy. He obviously works really, really hard um, at the things that he's really good at. And he's just such, got a, such a big heart and works really hard for all his teammates. And you can see he um, is so electrifyingly fast and such a good finisher that um, he adds to that attack style of play that we haven't really had too much of for the boys. So I think that's why he stood out so much because he's been so um, you know exciting and attack and um, also such a phenomenal defender as well. And for someone who's such a small in stature, um, he's got a big heart too. Yeah. So I'm, I really hope he takes out the award. It'd be exciting. great for the he, Australian rugby too to get those kind of accolades. At the Sydney Sevens, he was an absolute star. Like he was a real standout for Australia and he really, he was the difference um, in the end for some of those games that the Australian Sevens men's team had. Yeah. Does so. he surf? He looks like he should <laughs> be a surfer boy. Oh, no, I don't think he does. Okay. Probably looks too cool to say. <laughs> Where's is he? <laughs> Northern Beaches boy or Central? No, Coast? he's from the eastern suburbs. Oh, yeah. okay. Bronte. Yeah, around maybe that surfing way. at Bondi. Play for Ramwick. Play for Ramwick. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 No. Oh. Yeah. Really. And the thing is, he was only eighteen um, during the Sydney Sevens. So now he's only nineteen, and to be yeah. in the running for the Rookie of the Year, World Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it'd be yeah. very, very cool for him if he wins it. 
Mm. Very deserving. Well, good luck to the boys this weekend. We'll definitely be watching. 2.45 a.m. Sunday morning, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Set mm. your alarms because Australia plays Fiji. There you yeah. go. Oh, oh, that'll, that'll be a, a cracker. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, you were all yeah, going, think, oh, where's this going to, Shannon? It'd be yeah. very and interesting then now, to see. look at you. Well, I was just changed. Having... Your facial's changed rapidly there, Marie. Yeah. I was having flashbacks back to the EPL season where I was waking up at that time anyway. So I'll set the alarm. Yeah. 2.45, everyone. Looking forward to tweeting with all and of I, you. I hope um, Hang does get on against Aussie, mm. so a few of them can whack him and show him what it's really about. <laughs> no, no, he'll come off absolutely blowing. <laughs> blowing, smashed, yeah. wanting to like, go back to NFL. Maybe look like Jonathan Thurston after the end of yeah. the game. <laughs> after one game, not 250. Yeah. <laughs> Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility. With high-quality sound equipment and production services, Radio Hub is a one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. So, if you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au. Now, while the men's rugby sevens team has been doing well, it's the women's team that has absolutely been the standout. So they've had a very successful World, World Series tournament. They've won three consecutive tournaments in Dubai, Sao Paulo and Atlanta. Australia are now leading the World Sevens standing. And if the girls win the series, it will be Australia's first ever World Series championships. Good morning, Alicia, and thank you for coming in despite you jet-setting off to Paris this afternoon for the final leg of the tour. No, thank you so much for having me. It's a very, very exciting time for our team, so yeah, happy to be here. You're good. Um, the first question is, how is the team faring and are you looking forward to Paris? Yeah, everyone is really, really excited. It's been a while since um, we've played and we've just come off the back of a really hard pre-season. So, um, yeah, we're just keen to get on the plane and get over there and get into it and hopefully bring home that World Series title. Um, Alicia, in terms of the opportunity to win the title, you only I say only, but um, the way you've been travelling, you only have to finish in the top six plus being so close to the Olympics, do you put your best team out to win a title and try and get in the top or do we see Tim Walsh playing a couple of games as to whether a few people may be rested? How, how are we approaching this one? Um, no, we're taking our um, strongest team at the moment and we want to try and use it as a final finishing off before the Olympics. So we want to win this tournament, finish on a high note and keep ticking all those boxes in the lead up to Rio. So yeah, we've taken our most experienced team um, ever so far. We've been blessed with the return of Shani Williams, Elia Green, Avani Politi, and then Charlotte, myself, and Emma, who were rested for Canada, we're all back too. So, yeah, we're going in red hot looking to bring that title home. So your top team, that's a, a top squad of 12 players, is that right? Yeah, so we're taking 12 um, over, yep. and then um, for the Olympics, we'll be able to take 14, but 12 still only mm. play out of a squad of 21. And what's the competition like to make that top team? Because I, I did speak to Shani Williams earlier this year, and uh, you know she did say that everyone was working towards making that top you know, 12 to 14 players. How, you know, how tough or how grueling has it been for those fringe players and the competition that goes on within the squad? Yeah, definitely. Everyone is putting their best foot forward, and um, you know, the to having that kind of competition only makes the whole squad better. So um, like any sport, it's going to be cutthroat and brutal when it comes down to making those decisions for the final team. But um, we're one big tight-knit family and we're all just working hard to push each other and making sure that we're the best at our best. And if you don't get picked, it's just because the other girl was better. 
Mm. And Alicia, I wanted to touch on Shani Williams, who's come back from injury. How is she getting back into the swing of things? How's her training been? And what are your thoughts on the co-captaincy? Yeah, Shani's absolutely killing it. She hasn't missed a beat. I was holding a pad the other day for her and she ran straight at me. I was like, yep. You're good You're to back. go. You're good to go, Shani. Um, so yeah, she's done all this hard work with her rehab to get mm-hmm. back. Um, and you know, she's, hasn't missed a beat with, um, filing back into training. And then she's been able to be assisted by, um, Shannon Parry with that co-captaincy and just allowing her to focus on getting her, um, body physically right and her mind physically right. And then, um, you know, they work really well together and, Shani's more of a leader by example and Shanna's more of that communicator as well. So they just bounce ideas off each other. We call them the Bash sisters because they're Mm -hmm. just like, you know, best mates off the field and they're just like a powerhouse on the field. So it's been good for both of them to be together. It seems that all of you, though, are a real family and I think that's what's a a real testament to the success of the team on the field, that you are all best friends and that you all work so well together. I mean, we saw Shannon Parry write a letter to her 16-year-old self a couple of weeks ago and she said that you and 19 of your best friends will change rugby in this country. Yeah, that's probably one of the best things I've ever read um, from Shannon and it's um, 100% true and we, I live with my teammates, like, you know, train with them every day. We've been centralised in Sydney so our wider friendship groups aren't that big so we really only have each other and um, you know for a group of 21 girls that hang in day out um, day in day out and you know travel the world with each other we get along so well and I think that's the reason why we do so well and we have such great success is because we actually are just best friends and we enjoy the footy that we're playing and we have so much fun when we do it and you know if something goes wrong it's you know you know that your teammates are going to have your back because they're your best mates. How does it feel to be you know a, a group of girls that are trailblazers in your sport I mean after the Sydney Rugby Sevens and you had those exhibition games against Ireland a lot of people were really impressed and particularly the Sydney crown and crowd and people like Bill Pulver, the head of the ARU, he sort of was, now the ARU is my understanding that they're actually looking to try and get um, a Sydney Sevens for, for the women's as part of one of the legs on tour. Like, So what would you like to see further in women's rugby? Would you like to see more legs on tour? Because at the moment you don't have as many as the men, is that right? Yeah, no, that's right. Um, I don't know if we have long enough to talk about how much more I'd like to see <laughs> for the women's well, sevens game. Yeah, um, you've got a fly. <laughs> it's more importantly, you've yeah, got a fly in a couple of hours. What um, I'm trying to say, I, I suppose, you know, yeah. you really are changing the game and it's great. And people like, you know, you, you're turning heads in all the right places. So that must feel great. Yeah, that's one of the things our coach Tim Walsh wanted to establish was not only for success for ourselves, but to establish a platform for young girls to aspire to have the same dreams as what we have and to have that same enjoyment and fun as what we do when we play. And so if we, what we do on the field, if that can help, you know, um, change the game for women's rugby, then we're so proud that we get to set that example for other people. And um, it's amazing to see when people actually watch us, they're so surprised at, you know, how fit and fast and exciting the game is, but then how feminine and, and whatnot that the girls are as well. So, you know, the more we play and the more exposure we get, it's only going to turn more and more heads. So that's what we're all about. How many days until the Olympics? 77. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I knew you'd know. Um, and, in terms, and, um, and in terms of, though, how are you keeping a lid on it? Um, you're potentially going to be the first men or women's Australian team to win a World Series title and then very much in contention for a medal, for the opportunity to win a medal at the Olympics. So how are you keeping a lid on that? And, and 
as Sarah said, the media coverage for those that maybe hadn't seen how good you guys are. I'd like to say I was there a year and a half ago yeah. supporting in Dubai when she there was, was no, there was no three other It's a really, really tough thing to drive. But, um, but just in terms of that, how are you guys keeping a lid on it? Um, I guess we've kind of had this vision and this dream for four years, like since uh, we all kind of started playing and we talk about it so often that it just becomes a normality. So I guess it's not more of keeping a lid on it. It's just kind of like keeping in check with it and keeping in tune and just keep talking about it so it doesn't become this, you know, phenomenon that's not attainable. And um, we're a very process-driven team. So we just tick the boxes, do the things we've got to do, that kind of stuff. Sounds very cliche, but that's just how, how we go about our business. And, yeah, you do find yourself pinching yourself in those moments where you're like, I could actually be going to the Olympics or like, you mm-hmm. know, I you know, I had as, the opportunity. So As far as I know, Cheryl Soon, she's the former Australian yeah. captain. She was uh, very much, she led the way to try and get Yeah, she got the nomination to the IOC, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I actually spoke to her when, you know, women's wasn't professional. You know, no. she was out there and she was one of those girls that really started, she played rugby, they played it for the love and, and yeah. Shani Williams was one of them. They played the 15-a-side game and, you know, they paid for their own boots and paid their way and they would save their money to go travelling overseas in but the way you know and and it's great that those girls have really kept doing what they've done because now you're in a position that uh, where you you know can get paid you can be remunerated you don't have to stress out about where you need, you know pay for your boots and things like that so yeah I mean I suppose is there some sort of I like a you know, you look up to those women or? Oh, yeah, definitely. I got the opportunity to play with and train along with Cheryl and all those other girls that, um, you know, set the standard, won the first ever World Cup in 09 in Dubai. And Nicole Beck still plays in our team now as one of those girls that, you know, um, started that revolution of women's rugby um, for the sevens. So we're so grateful that we have this opportunity and that we get to be a part of it. And we only hope to, you know, impart that same thing on to other young girls that, you know, four years ago, I didn't even know of this sport that existed. And now I get to have the opportunity to go to the Olympics for it. So how did you cool. make that transition from touch rug, touch football? Like what, you know, what inspired you or made you try rugby or you know, how did you get into rugby from touch? Um, yeah, I literally got a letter in the mail from the Australian Rugby Union at the time after Cheryl had, um, you know, that we've got success in competing at the Olympics and they'd done like a nationwide recruitment and then yeah it was a a letter in the mail from the AU saying come and try rugby I had no idea what it was never played never tackled and then went to my first camp down in Canberra sucked I was so scared (laughs) I didn't like the contact side of things you know I thought I'll just score a few tries here and there um because you were playing Touch for Australia at yeah. that time. Yeah, I was so playing, you had the skills. Yeah, I'd play, just finished at the 2011 World Cup and then had just transferred um, over to rugby then and was still doing both. But then because it was so challenging and something, I'm a very stubborn person and something I wasn't so good at, I knew that I had to stick with it and mm. that if I put in the hard work that I would eventually get good at it or get to the level that where I'd be able to be selected. And, yes, yeah, since then I've been on the team since then. And we're so glad you made that transition. <laughs> Alicia, you've got the World Series coming up in Paris. After that, what happens? Do you get some time off and then is it straight into preparation for Rio? Um, we get one day off okay. in <laughs> Paris after. Hopefully we'll be able to indulge in a few croissants or mm-hmm. something like that if Hire we do, bikes. Do, do win. Um, no, they can't get injured. 
Oh, Go shopping, no. eat croissants. I had an incident in um, yes, Rio. She's, she's very, bike. yeah, just quietly. Like, yeah. stick away from the bike. Just bikes. sit quietly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just sit at a cafe with a croissant. Yeah. This is Alicia Quirk. Yeah. Um, I'm going to help her down the stairs if yeah. you leave. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll get a little bit of time off after um, Paris and then hopefully if we, you know, win that tournament, bring home that World Series title, then that's that box ticks so and mm-hmm. we move on to the next one and then it's just rip in and give everything we can to make sure we're prepped and ready to bring home that gold for the Olympics. So, yeah, the team will get picked on the 30th of June. So it'll be all systems ahead up until then. And we have some trial games against Japan 22nd to 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll kind of be last chance selections, last chance opportunity. Give it your all because this is it. What so, about yeah. the pressure for the Olympics? I mean, you guys are hot favourites for that gold medal. How are you going to keep, you know, uh how are you going to handle that pressure of being the favourites and how are you going to be able to, yeah, like, yeah, tell me about that. Is there sort of strategies in place? I've seen a lot of people go to these big events as favourites uh, and, you know, that they don't end up winning. I mean, let's look at England at the Rugby World Cup last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we, we don't put that kind of pressure on ourselves. Like, yep. like we said, if anything's going wrong, we always come back to girls. Like we just have fun. We'll, we play our best footy when we have fun. And we've been put in such high pressure situations before. We've played in such big crowd capacities before on this World Series tournament. So we're just treating it like any different um, event, but just the outcome is a little bit sweeter. Alicia, I might leave it there because I don't want to jinx you ahead of your (laughs) possible selection for Rio. We might get you back in when you get selected to tell us about the Rio journeys. We can't wait to follow it. Yeah, most definitely. Before we finish, though, my last question is what has been your favourite moment in women's sport this year? Can I say it's one of ours? Yeah, of course you can. (laughs) Go for it. Um, I think it would have been um, winning the final in Sao Paulo, you know, getting to play in front of that Brazilian crowd, get that vibe um, in completely different conditions for us too and to come away with a 29-0 win was probably the best that we've done this season so far. So that would be my favourite. Well, I can't wait to watch the continuing journey and see you girls lift the trophy in Paris next week. Yeah, thanks. thanks, Alicia. <laughs> And time for my favourite segment, Mary's Mix-Up. A big congratulations this week to Tyler Wright, who claimed her third World Surf League victory of the year, defeating Sally Fitzgibbons in an All-Australian final of the Women's Rio Pro. Well done, Tyler. Now, other big news this week. On International Women's Day this year, the first Australian Indigenous women's cricket team was announced by the Governor-General. So that squad this week has flown out to India for a 10-day tour. This trip is the first of its kind, so well done to Cricket Australia for getting behind it. And I wanted to finish this segment with a big shout-out to my mate Josh Reynolds. Um, there was an incident with him and Robbie Farrow on the field last week, but I was overjoyed to see a picture of the two of them on Instagram after the game. Josh Reynolds had gone to check on his mate Robbie Farrow, and it shows to me that mates come first. And dare I say the biggest news in women's sport this week has been Netball Australia announcing a breakthrough broadcast deal and three additional teams to enter a new national league. Shannon, are you as excited as I am about this? I am. I'm really excited in terms of the future of women's sport. It, it was the hugest deal we've seen, or the biggest deals, should I say, um, for women's sport. I did read, though, yesterday an article by Bianca Chatfield, the uh, former uh, net- Australian netballer and, and Melbourne Vixens absolute icon, which did make me think a little more about 
I have put, I think, the brakes on how exciting it should be because there's some really good, interesting things. Um, quickly, my thoughts. Uh, I am excited that Australia have the talent pool to expand. You have a look at the um, Queensland Firebirds. Majority are made. There's a lot of junior New South Wales girls yeah. that have gone yeah, on. Exactly. So it gives girls the opportunity to play at the top level. I'm a little worried, though. Um, maybe Netball New Zealand is going through a little period where they aren't as strong. But when you have a look at who's out from injuries or um, having babies, um, their, their talent pool is a little lower. So maybe the last year they haven't been so strong. But I really think we need that rivalry between New Zealand and Australia to continue. And then thirdly, uh, it's a really good point that Bianca Chatfield put in. The Collingwood Football Club, a Melbourne Storm, and then the GWS Giants are going to back the Netball New South Wales team. These are three clubs that have a lot of money and they're becoming like the football teams of overseas like Barcelona where they own everything. Mm-hmm. They're just not about football if you realise what they own. Yeah. People want to want to go to these clubs because they've got the best facilities and more money. So they're going to, in effect, really undermine, I think, what Netball Victoria and Netball New South Wales and Netball Queensland have done to foster these teams. So... You know, is it that thing that we're going to see well, people true. going for money to these clubs and, and your Melbourne Vixens don't have that money or facilities? I'm a bit worried well, about the I must Vixens. say, like, um, I, I do agree and I see those, those problems. I mean, I was a netballer back, netballer back when there was the Sydney Sandpipe, the Sydney Swifts, and it was just that eight-team domestic competition. And the chat then, I mean, every team had their salary caps, um, but, yeah, but it's not just the salary caps. It's the best facilities of training, oh, coaches, yeah, that, that's free true, physios. But even then, even back then, there was, you know, will to expand the game. And there was discussions about having each team being of their own franchise. And, but Netball Australia put a lid on that. They said, we can't have that. We can't have, you know, one team having X amount of dollars and, and another team not. But now they're going, okay. The game's going professional. We need to do something here. We need to make sure our players are going to be remunerated and we need to give our juniors a chance to be able to have a career in this because at the end of the day, the winners are going to, are the players. They're going to be able to be paid more. Uh, the, at the moment, the girls, the most of them, they're not full-time athletes. So, and that's what CEO of Netball Australia, Kate Palmer, has been working towards. And, you can't fight progress. I think, yeah, you know, initially there's probably going to be some noses out of joints and it is going to be a little bit like that. But I think the new three franchises and, will it, yeah, it will attract more sponsors and, yeah, maybe it's a nice yeah, I just hope they have. don't all throw them at those three clubs though because yeah. they can have better networking deals with the Collingwood Football well, Club. That's and your, your New South Wales Swifts girls who are out at sort of lesser facilities have to battle well, it. Well, I was going to say, I worry. About, <laughs> I, I disagree. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. The, the said, no, New South Wales Swifts, they've got great facilities. You know, the government gave, you know, millions of dollars to Netball Central, um, there at, at Sydney Olympic Park and the girls are stoked. It's like the facilities they have there are amazing. So if you go mm. to Netball Central, they've got eight indoor courts. We had the Netball World Cup there last year. And, uh, I mean, to be fair, these three new clubs, they're not going to be amazing next year. They've got to build, um, a new ni- nucleus team none of them would have played together before and I spoke to Kate Palmer and I said this is you know how are you going to build these new teams how are they going to be competitive you look at the the Gold Coast Suns and the GWS Giants this year's really only the first year that the GWS Giants are really being competitive and they're going great and I'm the first couple of years they were both teams were at the very bottom of the table so I don't think um these three new franchises and a 
attract all the new players and I certainly don't think they're going to be amazing the, the first couple of years out. But it, it, it'll be interesting the way it all unfolds. So, so I think the takeaway is definitely hooray that it's going to be televised. So the new deal is with Nine yeah, and Telstra. Totally. So there'll be two games a week and live streaming and delayed television from with all games from 2017 on. Games. Be that's great. incredible. Mm. So I think that's a really big tick for netball. And the tick is to New Zealand, uh, they've got a deal with Sky. So they've got a five-year deal. They'll expand to six. So at least both competitions have broadcast rights. So I think it's in terms massive, of that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 100%. Massive. And this uh, the, the current ANZ Championship would not exist if not for uh, Sky TV New Zealand. So Australian Netball really have a lot to be thankful for, for their, you know, our neighbours across the ditch. But I, I mean, I don't think all is lost for New Zealand Netball. And, and as Kate Palmer said, she said, look, it's really interesting. We've got the captain of the Silver Ferns playing in one of our Australian franchises at the moment, and we want to be the best competition in the world. We want to attract the best players in the world. So I think we'll see a few, maybe a few more New Zealand girls come over and potentially a lot more England girls too. Well, I think that's some of the questions that have been raised over the last couple of days. So everyone was really excited about the new broadcast deal and that's fantastic. But now there are questions about how's that going to work between New Zealand and Australia and players moving between competitions. There's concerns about, I'm concerned about the Melbourne Vixens, for example. They get a lot of funding from the Victorian Institute of Sport. And the Victorian Institute of Sport has said, we don't have the money to be able to support two teams. So will the funding for the Vixens be cut? And a club like Collingwood that has all the money, will they be able to pump more money into the netball concept? Potentially. Yeah. that will happen. So I think, you know, these are all the questions that we need to be asking. But I think it's a really big win that now we're going to be able to watch netball live on television. It's great. And good on Channel yeah. 9. You know, they're yeah. traditionally an NRL sport. For them to be supporting women's sport is fantastic. I think it's great. Uh, yeah. And, you know, to have those free to air games, uh, which, uh, yeah, a lot of people that don't have, uh, cable, they haven't been able to watch. And yeah, traditionally, yeah. AFL and netball, like you've come from Wagga. So yeah. when you've played netball, it's associated with a football club. Yeah. So it'd be great to see that that funding's put into those kind of things, but you don't want to see those other clubs that don't have that backing and support get lost in That's the, right. in the whole side of it. Um, if it was to be, uh, you know, a whole change and every club was then associated with a football club, that would probably have more benefit for everyone as a whole. Um, but just seeing some, because, you know, there's such massive corporations and foundations, like they're going to be able to do more than institutions and just some, uh, you know, and the Swifts and their corporation. Like AFL is huge and the amount of facilities and money they've mm. got is massive. So you can only see those teams having that little bit of a benefit from having that backing. But any, any um, television broadcasting deal is amazing and those girls are like, you know, they've been working so hard for this for so long and netball's been, been around for, for such a long time and it gives hope for sports like Rugby Sevens that are very new that one day that will be able to be on free-to-air channel. TV totally. Too. I mean, look at the Women's Big Bash League. They yeah. were exceptional this year, you know, and and the broadcasters had to stand up and take notice. Channel 10, yeah. they, they took some of their games uh, to be televised. They, they moved it from their, their second channel to their main channel. Um, and that was a, a great result. And I think even speaking to Kate Palmer, I mean, netball, they sort of said, well, we've got some competition, you know, the women's Well, so w- the w- AFL's going to be. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, I asked right. her if she got in earlier because the licenses for the AFL should be announced by well, End probably of May, this week. I think. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, it's all about timing as well. It's all yeah. happening. Women's AFL game on tomorrow Women's morning. Up. Um, yeah. Melbourne MCG. Yeah, so that'll, that's televised, isn't it? 
That's yeah. So uh, exactly, and I think a lot of the footy clubs are aligning themselves, like they've put tenders in to um, have one of those women's teams. Well, the jo- that's what I was saying, sort of like Barcelona, the teams, Giants yeah. will now have they they should like definitely get an AFL women's team, um, but yeah. So well, the same kind of issue is in football, like Melbourne City, like all the, the top players went to um, sorry the the Melbourne team for the women's because. But that's because they use their full salary cap as well. There are other teams mm. that didn't pay. Yeah, put okay. as much into it. So, <laughs> so we've, we've got to wrap up. Yeah. No, that's okay. I was going to say, I think the takeaway is that it's an exciting time yeah. in women's sport. Beyonce is right. Girls run the world. <laughs> run the world. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Big thank you to everyone for joining me in the studio this morning. Alicia, it was a joy to have you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun and great to you know catch up with my good mate Shannon and you know it's been really fun here too. We look forward to having you back and hopefully you get selected for the Olympics and then can come back and show us your gold medal. Yeah, mm. fingers crossed. Well, that's yeah. what I'm hoping for. Can <laughs> so, I have a gold medal in the yeah. studio? <laughs> the safe travels to France. Yeah. Very exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah, And uh, give our it. wishes to the rest of the team. Yeah, we'll do. Mm. From we'll Lady do. to Lake. That's yeah. right. I Shannon. I know we've got you um, on a show this afternoon, so thank you for coming in. We really appreciate it. Not a problem, Mary. Nice to meet you, Sarah. Thank you, Mary, and best of luck, Quirky. Thanks. And, Sarah, it was great to meet you as well. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks so much for having me in. Yeah, great to meet you guys. It's been great. That's another show done and dusted. Make sure you listen, subscribe, and leave us a review. We didn't get any reviews this week, which made me really, really sad. So make sure that I'm not sad coming into the studio next week. Have a great weekend. Fingers crossed the Eels win on Monday night. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. That's right. Ladies, Ladies League. League.